0: welcome to the episcopal church of the holy communion we're so glad you have joined us for this sermon you can find all our sermons at our website holycommunion.net in the name of the one holy and undivided trinity amen please be seated There's a bit of a joke in the practice of many Episcopal churches around preaching on Trinity Sunday. I'm going to let you in on the inside joke. Usually the rector assigns this Sunday to an unsuspecting seminarian or young curate, young assistant rector, and then the seasoned clergy and the congregation get to sit back and listen. While the new preacher tries to expound upon their seminary wisdom about the Trinity, tries to tell you everything that they know, we get to sit back and chuckle as they expound upon the Trinity talking about dubious math or three-leaf clovers. That's all to say, I'm really looking forward to Julie being here next week. I could have assigned Mark to this Sunday, but I'm pretty sure he's preached Trinity Sunday the last several years and he's not exactly junior clergy, neither is Julie for that matter. So if you know any good seminarians, let me know. I'm not gonna try to expound upon the Trinitarian doctrine this morning. I don't have any new metaphors for you or math formulas, and I didn't bring any three-leaf clovers. But I do wanna talk about the category that we put the Trinity in. I want to ask, how do we sort the conversation about the Trinity? The great early African theologian, Augustine, made a distinction about sapientia, wisdom, and scientia, knowledge. And now This is a year when we've made great in investments in scientia. We've needed the science. Science is what has allowed the few of us who are here to actually be in this building this morning. Science is saving lives. And so we're grateful for science, but science, Augustine tells us, has its limits. And when you reach the limits, you tend to find yourself out in the territory of wisdom. When you speak of the Trinity, in the mind of the great theologians, You are on the sacred ground of wisdom. The math will never add up. We claim that God is one, and we claim that God is three persons, three in one and one in three. We say that God is both a unity and a diversity. The Trinity has been represented in art, interlocking circles, and again, three-leaf clovers. I really love the image of the Trinity that is on our east wall of the three persons seated around the, altar, around the table. It's been compared to a dance, or in one of my favorite metaphors by Meister Eckhart, as three friends sharing laughter. But what do the metaphors teach us? Today I want to talk about the Trinity as wisdom, as wisdom. The early church theologians like Augustine were convinced that teaching God as Trinity, it belonged out beyond the limits of human knowledge. They believed that they were uncovering this seeming contradiction, and in doing so, the church had found one of the deep rules of the cosmos, the deep magic. The kind of knowing that they understood you needed for the Trinity, it wasn't the knowing that you could easily test in a double-blind study. Trinity wasn't easily measurable as a hypothesis, and yet yet, they believed that something about this truth of God was woven into the fabric of all that is. I love this story of Nicodemus and Jesus uh, that we read this morning, in part because those of us who struggle with the wisdom talk can identify, can't we? Our presiding bishop likes to call this episode "Nick at night." Because the teacher comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness. Nicodemus finds Jesus speaking mystically. You must be born anew. You must be born from above. Nicodemus is very literal. Jesus, how is that possible? Jesus laughs. Eckhart had something there about uh, the way that wisdom works. You need some laughter with wisdom. You have to hold wisdom lightly. Jesus' discussion about being born anew, it's exactly the kind of wisdom that we speak about when we speak about the Trinity. It may seem contradictory. F. Scott Fitzgerald once famously wrote that the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. I like that quote, but I might push back on Fitzgerald and say, it's not just intellect. Holding two contradictory ideas takes wisdom. And this kind of wisdom, it helps us to continue to function, three in one, one in three. So how does the Trinity make us wise? The theologian and dean of the Episcopal Divinity School at Union Seminary, Kelly Brown Douglas, she likes to talk about the Trinity as a doctrine that, by definition, defies dualisms. We live in a dualistic world, the dean says. We're used to the opposite, supposing, black, white, woman, man, gay, straight, trans, cis, Republican, Democrat. Our world is oriented toward binary oppositions, dualisms. And science loves either-or questions. Ones and zeros bring comfort. But such binaries have their limits. We come up on the limit of the science. Let me give you an example, a pretty salient one for me at the moment. It's through the pandemic, masks have functioned not just as personal protective equipment, but as a signifier People have made decisions about masking not just because of the science. Masking or not masking has signified allegiance, hasn't it? And there's a reason that Jesus says to his followers, beware those who practice their piety by other, before others for the sake of being seen by them. We've spent so much time arguing about masks that now there are folks who are defiantly going maskless to prove a point. There are also folks who are defiantly wearing their masks when they don't need them. Masks have become a signifier of political ideology. That's dangerous. It muddies the science. We can't have a discussion about masks without all sorts of triggered layers of meaning, We've been divided into dualisms in this pandemic. This or that, Republican or Democrat, MSNBC or Fox News, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. These kind of binaries don't serve us well. Since the CDC ruling, I've been noticing more people without masks on in public spaces. And in all honesty, I've been missing the binary. A few weeks ago, people going maskless made me feel easily angry. How dare they defy the bans? If you were maskless in a public space, I was quick to judge. It helped me feel righteous. And now, now, my convenient judgment is a lot more complicated. Is someone maskless because they are making a point? Or because they're vaccinated? It's not so easy, is it? Here at church, we made a decision to stick with masks indoors. It's not because we don't believe the science of the CDC, and it's definitely not about allegiance to a party. And this is a church that we call a welcoming and diverse community. We seek to follow the wisdom of Jesus, wisdom like standing together in unity amidst diversity, wisdom like loving our neighbor, including our immunocompromised neighbor, or a neighbor under 12, our unvaccinated neighbor. As I said a few weeks ago, I'm okay with church being one of the last spaces where you get to take your mask off. Making sacrifices for the sake of others, it just seems pretty Christian to me. But making a decision about masks has been fraught with all these layers of divisive meaning. The Trinity, Dean Brown-Douglas says, it blows open our divisions, our dualisms. The Trinity tells us that God is not found in either-or equations. God is found in the deep, diverse interplay. God's inner life is dynamic. There aren't just two poles. It's not just either-or, black or white. God permeates and moves fluidly past all our divisions, The church, at its worst, has treated the Trinity as a piece of knowledge, as a trivia response, a test of orthodoxy, as if God only belonged to those with the right answers. Do you believe in the Trinity? I would argue it isn't about having the right answer, the right idea. It's not. It's not about having the perfect image. The Trinity asks us not to simply believe with our heads. It's deeper than that. The Trinity is wisdom which allows us to listen, to pause, to hold together two seemingly opposite ideas. If we can believe that God is one and God is three, we're willing to be humble. We are saying that God is beyond our knowing. God is deeper and wider than we will be able to comprehend in this lifetime. Knowing God isn't about having all the right answers, it's deeper than that. God chooses to share life, to share laughter, to share love in ways that we can't fully understand. Belief in the Trinity, living the wisdom of this teaching, it means recognizing the gift of diversity and still looking to stand together in unity. This Trinity Sunday, could we slow down our either-or judgments? Could we reach beneath the lines that divide? Could we go deeper? Be born from above, Jesus tells a perplexed Nicodemus. Don't rely only on the science, only on the knowledge. You will encounter limits. There's a deeper way of knowing, a way of wisdom that teaches us sorting everything into binary responses, this or that. It can cut us off from loving one another. Loving your neighbor takes wisdom. Following Jesus takes wisdom. Be patient in the days ahead. With others, with yourself, wisdom doesn't come quickly, usually. Coming back together is going to feel alien at first. Take the time, especially if you have felt alienated. If someone close to you made decisions in the pandemic with which you disagreed, I would invite you to move slowly, be slow to judge, make room for grace. Our human binaries ask us to sort people into insiders and outsiders, but friends, we aren't going to make it to the finish line of this strange and awful year by just getting all the right answers. No one gets a 100% on the pandemic. That isn't the point. In human community, we have to make room for difference, for diversity. In human community, we have to make room for disagreements and mistakes. We have to have patience enough, patience enough to see one another as more than an easy category. Thankfully, there's help. The Trinity is a different kind of wisdom, which asks us to work beneath the surfaces we can easily observe. Thank God for the science that has gotten us this far. Now the deeper work can continue. Listen to one another. Laugh together. Weep together. Take the time to do the deeper work of love. All right. I hope I managed to make you think and chuckle at least a little bit this Trinity Sunday. Hopefully next year some unsuspecting young seminarian is up here surprising us all by sharing some wisdom. Amen.